Hi! Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we recap the Canada Summer Games with Team Manitoba's chef de mission, Drew Todd. Very eventful and successful game for Team Manitoba. And also, we recap Week 11 in the CFL season. That's all coming up on the podcast. Mondays on the show, we always recap the previous week of CFL action. And it took a long time this year, but we finally got to the part of the season where the local team wasn't out there. We're reminded of what a week of CFL football looks like without the Winnipeg Blue Bombers playing, and it's it's kind of weird, right? They do get a chance to check in around the rest of the league to see who's keeping up with the two-time champs. So what did we miss while the Bombers were on by? What did we learn? Well, why don't we find out right now in the Week 11 CFL Recap. Let's start in Ottawa as the Red Blacks host to the Elks in a battle of two teams that really suck at home. But would you look at that? It's Caleb Evans scampering 21 yards to open the scoring for the home side. Now 9-3 in the second after Lewis Ward missed two field goals but got singles. He makes one from 13 yards because, well, I mean, you and I could probably do that. 12-9 Red Blacks at the half when the Elks decide to take over. Taylor Cornelius hits Kenny Lawler for an 18-yard score to start the third. Ottawa 2-0. Log Edmonton touchdown drive. Ottawa punts to close out the third, and then the Elks just bleed it dry. Six and a half minutes left in the fourth, and they finally finish it off. Or Cornelius passed it. Darrell Walker in the end zone. 30-12 is the final, and the Elks are 3-7. and seven. Ottawa is 1-8. and eight. Neither team is all that good. Friday night in Regina. The Lions coming off a wild comeback win in Calgary. Visiting a Rough Riders team struggling to string wins together. Lions open with a strong touchdown drive before the defenses take over for a bit. Next Lions drive ends in a pick. Two plays later, Cody Fajardo goes for the end zone. He's picked. Leos get inside the Riders 10 before Nathan Rourke is picked at the end zone. Maybe he's human after all. And then Fajardo's picked again. Six drives into this one. We have a touchdown, a punch, and four interceptions. Several punts later, 7-3, and Rourke puts together a touchdown drive. 14-3, Riders 2-0, and then Rourke finds a wide-open Lucky Whitehead. Like, seriously... Anyone want to cover this guy? He's fast. We know he's fast. 90 yards to the house, but bye. And then Fajardo gets the hook. Mason Fine comes in, and he's fine. Gets the Riders in the end zone to make it 21-10 at the break, but the Lions, they get it back in the third. Brian Burnham with a ridiculous one-handed touchdown grab to make it 28-10, which would be the final score. A bunch of punts and turnovers on downs. But the big story happens early in the fourth. Rourke gets sacked. His leg gets caught underneath a defender. He needs surgery on his foot, and he might miss the rest of the year. Oh, what a bummer. So fun watching this team play. At least less exciting with Rourke on the sideline. Saturday in Montreal, the Owls looking to build on that stunning win in Winnipeg, hosting the Ticats in a battle between two teams that could host a playoff game. They're both well under 500. Hamilton leads 8-3 in the second when Trevor Harris finds Eugene Lewis for the 23-yard touchdown and the two-point convert. It's 11-8 late in the half when Hamilton chickens out. Third and one on the Montreal 5. 40 seconds left, and they kick the field goal. Boo! To the third where things are going to get spicy. Harris to Kayon Julian Grant. 54-yard touchdown. Ticats about to punt it back, but roughing the kicker. These penalties, well, they almost always find a way to bite you because five plays later, it's everyone's favorite play. The one-yard backup quarterback sneak touchdown. And we're tied at 18. Montreal punts it away. And on the next play, it's Matthew Schultz to Tim White. 64-yard touchdown. Explosive plays galore. And it's the Tabbies in front again. But can they hold on? Are they going to blow another lead? Team trade punts until late in the fourth. Montreal playing the field position battle. They start on the Tabbies 45. And out of nowhere, Harris hits Reggie White Jr. 
for the touchdown. 45 yards there in front again. Lots of time for Hamilton, though. Into field goal range. From 51 yards, it's good. Only a half minute for Montreal to try and answer, starting at their own 34. Harris hits Jake Wenicke for 13, then Lewis for 23 to the Hamilton 40, and that's it. That's all they need. David Cote at the horn, 48 yards right down the middle, and Montreal wins a roller coaster ride of a game 29-28. They're 4-6, and six, and Hamilton falls to 3-7. and seven. And now to Toronto, where the Argos look to stay clear of the Alouettes for first in the East against the Stampeders squad. Coming off that heartbreaking defeat to BC. Not much really happening in this one until Peyton Logan rips off a 29-yard touchdown run with the stamps up 10-3 in the second. Toronto, though, answers right back. Chad Kelly with the patented backup QB one-yard score that fantasy players love. 10-all. Argos with some field goals. Now 16-10 at the break and 19-10 in the third. Nothing is going Calgary's way. So, Bo Levi Mitchell, have yourself a seat. Jake Mayer, go see what you can do. The answer, well, not much. So, stamps defense realizes... It's got to be us to turn it around, and Eli Buka does the deed. Picks off McLeod Bethel-Thompson, returns it 62 yards to Paydirt. Two-point convert, no good, because why not go for two when you're down by three? Okay. Anyway, Mayer does enough on the ensuing two drives to get into field goal range, so with 10 minutes left, Calgary leads by three. Argos immediately go two and out, and then Mayer driving to put it away, but he's picked with three minutes left deep in Argos territory. But the Argos do nothing with their last chances. They punt, and then a strip sack. And so they're four and five, tied in the win column for first in the East with the Owls. But Calgary with the 22-19 win, up to six and three. Who knows what will happen to the Lions with Rourke out. And that's week 11 in the books. And so we look at the the West, and the Bombers are nine and one. BC's eight and one. They're right there. Calgary six and three, Saskatchewan five and five, Edmonton three and seven. And then over in the East, Toronto four and five, Montreal four and six, Hamilton three and seven, Ottawa one and eight. Ottawa stinks. They have one win. They're only three wins behind the first place. It's not ideal. But the big bummer is Nathan Rourke because he had been the story of the CFL season. And it had been so much fun to see a Canadian quarterback not just succeed, but prolifically in the first half of a season. He was putting up monster numbers. And it just sucks when the best players get hurt. In any sport, it just gets a big old wet blanket on the season put on it when the best players get hurt. And for Rourke, who was putting up an MOP quality season, we don't know when he's going to be back. The team says that he's got a Lisfranc sprain in his right foot. He'll have surgery soon. And they're hopeful, not optimistic, but hopeful that he could return late in the season. Michael O'Connor starts Friday against Saskatchewan. According to most medical sources, you're looking at a pretty wide range of potential recovery times from three to six months. His numbers this season, 79% completion, 3,281 yards, 25 touchdowns, 10 picks in nine games. And the, uh, you know, the old on pace for, he was on pace to break the single season record for completion percentage and passing touchdowns. With still a couple games against the Bombers left, the final two weeks of the season. So that's when he could return and maybe those games won't matter. It's possible. Uh, Just looking ahead to this week, CFL Week number 12, Calgary against Winnipeg on Thursday. 
Hamilton at Toronto on Friday. Montreal's got the bye week this week. So if Hamilton wins, then they're four and seven. Montreal's four and six. Toronto's four and six. You want chaos. That's what you're hoping for. Saskatchewan at BC Friday with O'Connor against, I mean, Saskatchewan's not looking great. Cody Fajardo's not healthy and not super effective, and that's a big problem for them because their defense is solid, but offensively it's a bit of an issue right now. A, a big issue, quite a big issue. And then Ottawa at Edmonton on Saturday is a game I don't have a lot of an appetite for. So let us turn our attention now to something we've been talking a lot about the last couple of weeks. We've been joined nightly on the show by Drew Todd, chef de mission for Team Manitoba at the Canada Summer Games in Niagara. The event wrapped up yesterday as Manitoba finishes the event with 37 medals. It's a really good total as athletes are returning home. Drew, not yet home. He's in St. Catharines, Ontario still, but kind enough to offer a little more of his time to join us tonight to put a bow on the event. Let's start with yesterday, Drew. We talked before uh, in one of our earlier visits about how I think the highlight of the 2017 games in Winnipeg was the women's volleyball team winning gold in a packed gym, amazing environment at the U of M. They beat Alberta for the gold, and they did it again yesterday, beating Alberta in the final how awesome was it to see them repeat as champs? It was absolutely amazing. The atmosphere was raucous. Most of sports were done, and and the volleyball is is basically on campus. So all the athletes that were kind of finished their own competition came out to watch and, and were just making a ton of noise, had a bunch of coordinated cheers. It was a great time. And I think it really makes closing ceremonies a lot happier when you're kind of marching in together, just coming from celebrating a, a massive win in, in a sport. Um, so yeah, we were, we were pretty, we were pretty happy as a, as an entire contingent. Who was the flag bearer for the closing ceremony? Uh, that was Madison Lawrence from, uh, athletics. And what did she do to uh, earn that nod? Uh, yeah, I had a, not a too bad little competition there. She got a couple silver medals in high jump and, uh, long jump. But, I mean, the, the coup d'etat was she got gold in the heptathlon event, and she set an over 30-year-old Canada Summer Games record in the process. So absolutely dominated the event and, and crushed her competition there kind of at the end. It was, it was awesome to see. Yeah, it was you know really good performance. She'd been building up for a little while here and definitely peaked at the right time for us. Well, we were talking a, lot, a couple of weeks ago. We had a lot of medals in the pool last week, a lot of – athletics medals we had a lot of wrestling medals as well in total 37 medals for manitoba at the event 10 gold 10 silver 17 bronze did that meet expectations exceed expectations you know it's it's always funny because in the heat of the moment i'm always with the competitor you want to get more and more and more but i kind of pulled back a little bit and saw kind of what our historical tally is what our projections were coming in and this is the second highest medal count we've ever had at a canada summer games for manitoba and when you kind of add in all the restrictions and and the, the barriers and challenges on our athletes i don't think we could really expect a whole lot more than that so we're, we're pretty impressed and you know our highest was 42 we got 37 this time and 42 is at a home game, so there's nothing for our athletes uh, to not be impressed about and happy, and it's a really great thing for our program moving forward, I think. The one thing we got to remember when you look at Ontario winning 198 medals or <laughs> Quebec winning 142, which is Manitoba is a smaller province by a great factor of many, so that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good accomplishment, I'd say. 
Absolutely. And, you know, and we want to make sure that we're always punching above our weight. You know, we have, I think, 5% of uh, the total population in Canada, but we're, if we're getting over 5% of the available medals, we're doing something right, I think. And important to note, Manitoba had 37 medals, 10 gold. Saskatchewan had 32 medals and only three gold. <laughs> so that's that's right there worth pretty much all of it, right? Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. You know, I was told one thing when I took this job, is that no matter how many medals we get, as long as we get more than Saskatchewan, we're, we're okay. <laughs> you accomplished that with three games coming up between the Bombers and Riders in September. So <laughs> as you uh, you spend your last day in Ontario here today, uh, what are you thinking about today with everything done? Or are you just thinking about still doing the job, getting the, everything, the logistics done and getting everyone home safe? That's obviously the most important thing that we're we're making sure that the planes get off on time. Nobody gets missed. Nobody loses their luggage. But I tell you, it's going to be a weird feeling tomorrow morning waking up and you know not having to get to a, a morning meeting and learn about how the transportation schedule is going to look like and what food operations are. Um, but I, I really am excited. I think probably later this week just to just to sit down and reflect on everything that we did because it's quite the accomplishment. I think from. You know, not just in Team Manitoba, but what the host society has done, what the Canada Games Council has done, and uh, really kind of enjoy our success because it was well earned across the board. Were there any hiccups at all? <laughs> oh, there's always hiccups, but you know, one thing I'll really appreciate about this host society is they were solutions oriented, and they always did whatever they could to make. Um, our lives easier and, and put our athletes and coaches in positions to succeed. So very thankful for them and all the volunteers that helped out because, you know, it, it could have gone very sideways, I think, in, in a lot of um, ways, or just with things out of our control. But by and large, we got everything done within our time limit and everybody seemed to be happy and safe. So did you get to go see the falls at all or do you have any time to sightsee? I wouldn't say sightsee, but uh, we're pretty lucky. The closing ceremonies were just right beside in Queen Victoria Park. Um, so you do a little walk past the falls, and then you kind of do that parade into uh, the closing ceremonies. It was absolutely what a scenic backdrop, very picturesque. So couldn't ask for too much more there. And anytime you get to see the you know the seven natural wonders of the world, it's uh, you got to count yourself pretty lucky. Absolutely. So uh, for you then, you mentioned that. You're going to get some sleep soon, but now that this specific two-week job is done, and obviously there was a lot leading into it as well, what do you do? <laughs> well, you know, 2023 Canada Winter Games is just around the corner. Um, it's a bit of an unprecedented uh, time frame with the Canada Games, knowing that um, our summer games got postponed one year. So we only have six months to really get ready for Charlottetown. I think that starts in mid-February. So we're pivoting as, as soon as we kind of get our bearings, going right to winter sport and doing the whole thing all over again. But, you know, taking a lot of great learnings. We're going to debrief with some of the summer sports, see what worked, see what didn't, see where there were opportunities to improve. Because we want to, you know, we want to help develop high-performance sport kind of across the board in, in Manitoba. So anything that the summer sports can teach us going into the winter games, I think is extremely valuable and we're going to make sure that we can do everything we can to see this momentum going. Yeah, because of COVID, they're having the, the, the this, they're all, the winter games are always supposed to be in 2023. It's just the summer games got pushed because of COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it puts us on a tight timeline, but every province faces the same issue. So as long as we can adapt better than they can, um, you know, it'll be a nice advantage for us. I'm not sure. What's PEI like in the wintertime? 
You know, it's we went there in, uh, I want to see, March, March, April for a little bit of a site visit. And uh, apparently sometimes you see a lot of green grass and then sometimes on a, you know, <laughs> just like a dime, it'll uh, be a snowstorm and, you know, it'll be trucking through the drifts of snow just to get from point A to point B. It's, it's all kind of luck of the draw, but, you know, as Winnipeggers, I think we're very well accustomed to dealing with uh, extreme weather changes uh, really fast. So I think we'll be able to adapt a little better than some other provinces might be able to. So all in all, a successful two-week run? Yeah, yeah, you know, couldn't really ask for a whole lot more. Um, you know, I'm, I have such a phenomenal team that uh, works with works with the mission staff to help support the sports and our coaches. It's sometimes it's a thankless job taking care of teenagers for eight, nine days in a row and getting them to to perform at their best. But they were outstanding. Um, so it's yeah, a, re- a really good uh, overall run for us. Awesome. Well, Drew, we appreciate the time you've given us the last two weeks. It's been great to getting to hear the stories of the successful Manitobans at the games and uh, wish you a, a, a slumberous week ahead. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. I really appreciate that. It was great talking to you guys. Yeah, Drew Todd, Chef Demission for Team Manitoba, has not slept a lot the last little bit. I talked to him before we started recording, and he said he's running on adrenaline, basically, at this point. 37 medals for Manitoba at the games. And I just want to shout out the winners. Uh, here because they deserve it. First week standout, no doubt, Tegan Purvis, who won four gold medals in the pool and a silver in Special Olympics swimming, also on the cover of the local Silker paper this week, as she hails from the city. Mia West, to stand out in the pool as well, gold and two silvers. Her sister, Hallie, with a full array, a gold, a silver, and a bronze. As Drew mentioned, in week two, Maddie Lawrence was awesome, won the heptathlon, added silvers in high and long jump. Owen Giancola with the wrestling gold, Regan Hoffley, 200-meter Special Olympics gold, 100-meter silver, and the women's volleyball team with the gold. Anya Kruger won the first medal for Team Manitoba. It was a silver in triathlon sprint, added a bronze in super sprint. Adam Cohen with the silver and bronze individually in diving, as well as a bronze with Attila Bernatsky, Leah Berman, and Alex Tiagle in the team competition. Rounding out the silvers is Dax Turner, who came second in triple jump. Bronze list, we've got Eric Dupre with a pair of medals in swimming. Mackenzie Kyer, Annika Chartrand, Syria Abrenica, and Ibrahim Aldrar, all with wrestling bronzes. Vesta Orchard with two Special Olympics bronzes in the 100 and 200 meter sprints. Robert Gerstner in triple jump. Sasha Sierzik in the K1 5,000 meter event. And then a pair of team bronzes as well with Simon Hunt, Owen Gaunt, and Luke Enns in the K4 200 and 500-meter races. And finally, Terrell Davis, Brian Lewis, Jordan Sufi, and Graham Hutchison-Campbell teamed up to win bronze in the 4x100-meter relay. Congrats to all the winners and really everyone who went to the Summer Games because what an awesome experience that must be to represent your province at the national level like that. And again, thanks to Drew Todd for giving his time to us on that last uh, two-plus weeks. He's been on it every night for the last, uh, I think, 12 editions of the show. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all the fish. So sad that they should come to this. We try to warn you all.